0: This is Lightning Power Lunch with Dave Mishkin and Greg Linelli on Lightning Radio. I think it's definitely a comfortability thing. I think getting to know the system, getting to know the players, creating chemistry with guys. I think for this homestand I played with Glenny and Icy pretty much the whole time, and you start to know where guys are on the ice, and um, that helps too. But, yeah, definitely more comfortable. I think the whole team in general with the new d- I think we're all becoming more comfortable and when it comes natural it becomes a lot easier to play with each other know where each other are so um, Yeah, like I said, we'll just try and keep building each game and um, good road trip here coming up and and hopefully get a couple points I think we've had one road trip, so it uh, Well, that did not go the way we wanted but I I think winning the roads tough and you have to simplify your game and You have to play it for the full 60 if you do that, then you can take your chances on on winning the game. Uh, for us, you know, we're going on a road trip early in the year, still trying to find ourselves. We had some injury issues, uh, but I didn't think you know there, I can pick every game where we didn't. It was like 10% of the game we didn't play the way we should have, and it cost us. And so there are times you can get away with that, but usually when you're on the road, you can't. And so we just got to make sure we play the complete game, and we'll be okay.
1: Play the complete game.
0: Mm-hmm. He said the full 60.: <laughs> I don't know if you have similarly uh, strong feelings when that you know comment a comes from the head minutes. coach, but:
1: You know I, I have, uh, there are a few things that I just, you know I call out the 60-minute thing. Mm. I, it's in any sport, I, I just and it's not possible. You know what's possible a little bit, and it's more of an, an image, individual sport, and maybe this is the rare exception when you've got a, a pitcher who's just dealing. And that mainly comes in the form of a no hitter, and look, a perfect game is a perfect game right dave you're you're perfect. <laughs> mm-hmm. So maybe in that instance, you know when you say play a full sixty minutes, does that correlate to a pitcher who throws a perfect game like they they were good from start to finish. Now you could probably quibble a little bit and say, "Well, I got some luck here and there. made a great play. the second baseman did, or the outfield. yeah. Acknowledge, but I think in general with team sports, the other team is going to have a say. Why? Because they are professionals and they get paid too. Um, The other one is, you know, pick up the stick that's on the ice. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) That happened last week. You're not alone. You're not alone. I think you're coming around to that more and more, aren't you? You probably always felt that way, but I I just happen to probably. Pointed out as one of my pet peeves. And, well,
0: and the, the and other, other problem with that is, like, let's say that stick is in the zone where the activity is happening. If a player actually sweeps the stick away,
1: he can get called for a penalty. Yeah. Agreed. Anyways, road trip begins tonight. You can listen to it all right here on Lightning Radio. I am Greg Linnelli. Dave Mishkin will be calling that game tonight. Lightning taking on the Blue Jackets. Steve Ersnick, our producer. Hit us up on Twitter, at Bolts Radio. Road trips always take on a life of its own, partner. It's just different. Sleeping in a different bed, playing different teams. You've got the travel involved. Lightning did make a roster move today, didn't they? Mm-hmm. You know, we were kind of talking about, you know, what's it going to look like? Mott and and who could potentially get sat, sent down. But at least what a, a conditioning assignment we have, yeah,
0: so the conditioning assignment means that Hayden Fleury is going to Syracuse. I just saw a tweet from Eric that said that that does not remove him off the NHL roster. So, this notion that this will open up a spot for Mott, yeah, I assume that it did. But if I'm believing Eric's quote or if I'm reading it right, I guess means that there may be an additional move. Needing to be made or maybe I'm just not maybe Eric wrote in a way. I'm not understanding But I'm looking at cap friendly right now and Hayden Flurry is still on the 23-man roster It says conditioning, but it's not like he's moved off that roster. So Tyler Mott is not gonna play tonight. The only lineup changes from The Seattle game Dehan is in for flurry who is now on conditioning yep. right and Matt Tompkins gets the start really? Matt Tompkins gets of start. That is a little you know,
1: surprising.
0: Well, you know, we did not factor in where did he play his college hockey. Hmm. Tell me, right here, Ohio State. Yeah, the Ohio That's, State. That's that. That is a John Cooper move. That is a certainly a John Cooper move. Where like we're gonna we're gonna give him a chance to play where he played. Yeah, different rank, but I get it. Yeah. Makes sense, doesn't it?
1: That that makes sense, and I guess you got to get him in somewhere. So maybe the thinking you got playing in front of your your home, Columbus is Columbus. I mean, I don't know where I don't they think it's stand, that, though. You don't think it's I think
0: that? I think it does have a lot to do with first of all, the game is being played in Columbus, where he played his college. That Jockey. is true. But also, Coop said this morning, you know, we had the long homestand But it was a a homestand in which we had a lot of days between games. And so they're able to work Johansson into all five of those games. Now, as we said on the show, the schedule is going to get busier in that. There is a travel component here. Right. So I still think Tompkins is going to get the Montreal game, the second half of the back-to-back to round out the trip. But... If it plays out the way it seems to be playing out, he's going to get the first game and the last game on the trip. So an and opportunity Johansson's to play. Get the middle two,
1: opportunity to play. Does it change everybody's expectation of the road trip? You know, because look, for the last how many games, Johansson's been the guy. Everybody feels pretty mm-hmm. good. Tompkins. I think you would agree, there's still a little bit of that uncertainty. What are you going to get now? As we've had this discussion before, you have to take the Band-Aid off at some point, the training wheels off, whatever analogy you want to use, and you got to see what Tompkins can do. He can't sit there until Vassy gets back and not play any of these games. He's got to get in. But I am curious when it comes to our audience, and, and maybe I can even throw it your way, partner, does it change a little bit how you view this road trip? Was there more of a security blanket with Johansson than there is Tompkins? Is there a little more of an unknown? Maybe a lot more unknown. What are you going to get in nets? Because I think a lot of people could look at this and say, look, I know know any team can beat any team on any given day. That's a cliche, and cliches are used for reasons because uh, most of the time they're true. Uh, They make a lot of sense. But nobody is going to confuse Columbus with Vegas and... What is everybody's thought process when it comes to Tompkins, to your point, Dave, and I think it's a good one, potentially, you would think, getting two games on this road trip?
0: Well, obviously, the Lightning feel they can do well in those games, and he gave them a chance to get points in his first start at Ottawa. I think the bigger question for the Lightning, this is something Coop addressed head-on, because I think he was asked about the first period against Seattle, Gabby asked. Yeah. You know, what do you need to do to prevent something like that from happening again? And he pivoted right to we need to play better on the road. And he said as much yesterday. The the clip that Steve played at the beginning of the show was from yesterday's press conference. So he was talking about it yesterday too. He has his focus set on how is his team going to play on the road on this trip and this year. Because it was really the first time I would even go back to the year. I'm actually going to look it up. The year the Lightning missed the playoffs. They missed the playoffs only once under John Cooper when Coop has had the team for the full year, like the year that he took over. They missed the playoffs that year, but that doesn't really count. So you look at the year the Lightning missed the playoffs in 2016-17. They actually had a better road record than they had last year. In 1617, they went 19, 16, and six. So they did lose 22 of the games, but six were in overtime slash the shootout. Last year, their road record was 18, 22, and one. So they lost 23 games, 22 in regulation. They were under 500 on the road in the regular season. Now they actually played pretty well in that Toronto series. And they did win two of the three games. The one game they lost, they won two of the three games in Toronto. Let me back up and preface that. The one game they lost in Toronto, they did not play well at all. That looked like the regular season lightning on the road. But the two games they won, they played quite well. But this is a new year. Three games in on the road, they're 0-2-1. They easily could have been 0-3, if not for a tying goal in the closing seconds in Buffalo. And Koop expects them to be better. That's what he's looking at, not necessarily who his starting goalie is. And let's be honest, if the yeah. are going to make a run at the playoffs, I mean, they made the playoffs last year with a sub-500 road record, but they were exceptional at home, 28-8-5. and five. And that is, you're putting a lot of pressure on yourself to, to win the vast majority of your home games if you're going to, if you're going to go that route. And they had some stinkers on the road last year, too. It wasn't just that they lost. I mean, we can go back and and remember some of the games, particularly against Eastern Conference opponents, the two losses in Ottawa. They had a bad game on opening night against the Rangers. They got blown out against the Islanders. That was near the end of the year. That was at Islanders, not home Islanders. So there is definitely room for improvement from last year to this year, and there's room for improvement from the start of the year to now. They did not play well on that three-game road trip, or well enough anyway. And as Coop said, there were segments in all of those games that they, they dipped and the opponent killed them. Sure. I thought in the Detroit game it was more than just one segment. He said like a ten minute segment. Yeah, that was probably more true in the Buffalo and Ottawa games. The Detroit game they had they had tough sledding for for a good portion of that game. Having said all of that, he's not wrong. Like when they have when they have struggled so far this year, they have paid
1: for it. They have, they have, and they want to change that and. The road we have talked about, different animal, a little bit different animal. We all get it, but I I think the lightning... Mm -hmm. Look, this could be a good thing with Tompkins, too. I mean, I think part of this process is playing in front of family and friends, where he went to school, but also, I think it's really... I, I think it grabs your attention because you could look at Columbus and say, I'm not up for it based off of where they are in the standings, but you also have a very green goaltender in that at the NHL level. It may force you whatever... I don't want to say reservations he had getting up for this game, but for the lack of intensity potentially you may have had going into this game, you've got a goaltender who you want to do well for. Get him that win. And that may help in a game like this that maybe mm-hmm. otherwise would be a little more challenging. It's, it's just how it is. When, you're, when you go against a team you're supposed to beat that isn't very good, at least in the standings, where they are right now, and I know it's early, those sometimes can be the most challenging. I talked about this with Chief the other day on the broadcast, and he, I mean, he agreed. And I think it takes a lot for some of the, the former players to sit there and say, do, do players get up and down for certain opponents? They do. They do. Columbus isn't as sexy as Toronto. It's just not. Maybe not even like Montreal because of everything around Montreal, surrounding that game. Mm-hmm. Tompkins comes in. You should be ready to go. If anything, because you want to do well for him. In addition to getting two points. Yeah. That's my thought.
0: Columbus uh, does have Spencer Martin. We talked about that. But he's backing up Merz Likens, who is expected to get the start tonight. And Columbus didn't skate at all. And they they had their two scratches out on the ice. And that was basically it. But because one of the scratches was Matthew Olivier, we know that Kirill Marchenko, who is a 20 goal score last year for Columbus but had been scratched, their lineup is the same. And as I mentioned, the Lightning's lineup is going to be the same save for Dahan coming in for Hayden Flurry. We'll see what they do with the lines, the Lightning. They mixed them up in practice yesterday. We we did our show before the Lightning practiced. So the fact that Tyler Mott was no longer in the red no contact jersey like, we didn't know that when we did the show yesterday. And on the show yesterday, we had a fan ask about Bari Boulay and Boghossian still being waiver eligible. Sorry. They were eligible to be sent down without clearing waivers because they were within that 10-game, 30-day window, which is true. And my response was, well, I'm not sure Maude is going to be back before the 30 days expire cuz I was kind of under the assumption that it was unlikely that he would play on this road trip but that has changed now it is likely that he's going to play on the road trip but he's not going to play tonight also yesterday they did mix up the line somewhat kind of sherry was who we also heard in in the clip before the show has mostly been playing with Glenn Denning and AC Mod he got bumped up and Barry Belay was back with point and Kucherov. So, yeah, I mean, we'll see if that was just one practice or if the Lightning start tonight's game with the, the different line combinations. At Bolts Radio, if you want to get involved in the conversation. Go I ahead. did not think the line combination. I don't know if I, I dropped on you there. Yeah, but, that's okay. Um, I don't know. I don't know if Coop is going to do what he did in practice yesterday at the start of this game. This is my point. But I did not feel that the line combinations, although he juggled them against Seattle, I did not feel that that was a big problem against Seattle. Like, he juggled the lines and he got the, the game tied with the Hagel goal. But I'm not certain that they were completely scuffling. You know what I'm saying? And he had to, he had to mix it up. So we'll see. But I mean, we've talked a lot about Connor Sherry, Greg, and and if he does in fact get an opportunity to play on an elevated line, we'll see if he takes advantage of that opportunity.
1: At Bolts Radio, if you want to get involved in the conversation, you certainly can. Basil says, "Snowy Ohio." And this is <laughs> yesterday. Oh, wait, it's Dave. I'm heading down to the game. So he said, "If if you need someone to sub for Phil." <laughs> He's available. <laughs> I think you know what I actually think. What would be hilarious, but it, it's it's kind of a, a marketing thing, which would be really fun. You get an opportunity to to spend a period with you, calling the game. Mm-hmm. I think people give me would jump a, give me a that. period off. Well, you're doing the play-by-play and somebody's doing the uh, <laughs> color commentary. You could have some fun with that. Now, there'd have to be some some guidelines there. Don't talk over Dave. <laughs> yeah, If you want to get excited, I get it. I think that would be a thrill of a lifetime for a lot of people. Because how many people would chime in, you know, I... I I love listening to Dave and Phil and even the people that come Dave during the home games to see in between the periods or, you know, during the periods and they get to watch, but they also get to see you guys in action. They get fired up, which I think is a lot of fun watching them. So I I think that would be fun. I'm sure there's some guidelines involved, but I don't know. Put that on the docket. Why not? Basil would be the first. And Al. Al, the thing with Al, he'd be critical. And we'd we'd have to temper him down a little bit. But I think that would be. Uh, a lot of fun, uh, as well. Uh, hit us up on Twitter at Bolts Radio if you want to get involved in the conversation. Jay says lightning, re- not lightning related, but Mason McTavish is already developing into a star center for the Ducks. Does everything well, impressive for someone in their t- in their twenty-year-old season. Uh, feel like he's seriously underrated compared to Zegers. Uh You may be right. I had a chance to watch them the other day against pittsburgh and he did stand out and i think for anaheim jay I, I think that's one of those teams where they should be dangerous and and dave's back we had somebody talk about mctavish jay did mm-hmm. about how impressed he, he was and has looked and i i think we've made these comments dave about the Buffaloes and the Ottawas, the Devils, probably to a lesser extent, because I think they're a little more advanced than those other teams, but, and Detroit, is that, you know, part of not being good, you get really good talent, in theory. And so you should see some pretty impressive young players for teams who have not made the playoffs over the last few years. So McTavish certainly would be part of that. You know, Zygris, I think we've been hearing about him for a little bit. And, and some of the things he's, he's been able to do in games. Flash. Yeah, yeah. He's for sure flashy. I don't know how that translates into, you know, what type of eventual player he will be. But I think it's a situation where you should be in a situation where you get some players who are dynamic. And so, Jay, yes, I think that, that makes a lot of sense. I think it's also one of the reasons... To kind of bring it back to the lightning, that considering how successful they've been over the years, the fact that they're getting players who aren't necessarily first round picks come in and be somewhat dynamic, I think speaks to their organization as a whole. And it could be just bringing in and trading for players too. And that's what's made this run last as long as it has. And when I say run, I'm talking about being competitive. Sure, they don't have the fifth overall pick, but if they trade for Brandon Hagel, who's 23, and what what is he now, 24, 25, who ends up being a 40 goal scorer for them, that's kind of the same as you drafting a player fifth overall in a draft. You just had to find another way to acquire that asset, and I think mm-hmm. that's what's been oppressive about the Lightning. I don't want to say going toe to toe in terms of bringing in talent and drafting talent compared to some of these other teams, Dave, who haven't been to the playoffs, but are getting high draft picks, but they are finding unique ways to bring in talent that has allowed them to have this sustainable run. And I mentioned Hagel, you could throw Paul in there and you've got the radishes and the purbixes. again, maybe dynamic in their own way, But not all of them need to be dynamic either because the players that are filling that role are still relatively young when you consider how many years they have left, you know, playing in the National Hockey League.
0: Well, I was kind of in and out there on (laughs) thanks for carrying that answer as long as you did. uh, My hotel in Columbus is being a little cranky as far as my Internet connection is concerned. But let's go back to the Ducks because the Ducks have been impressive early this year. And they have Mason McTavish, who was a number three overall pick in 2021. So he's still a young guy. He's 20 years old. He turns 21 next January. And he had, I would say, an okay first season in the NHL for a guy who was a teenager playing on a team that didn't do very well. He had 17 goals and 43 points. He played 80 games. But now he's a year older. He's had a full year under his belt. He had nine games, by the way, in the 21-22 for the rest of that year. But you would expect, maybe expect is the wrong word, if you pick a guy that you think has game-breaking potential, you may not see it in his first year, but your hope is that That's not going to go away. So as he adjusts to the NHL game and he gets bigger and stronger physically just with the passage of time and being on weight training programs that the team is putting him on, you hope that it clicks in even more. And at this point, it has. I mean, he has scored some big goals and been involved in some really key plays for Anaheim this year. He beat Pittsburgh with a breakaway goal with, what, 12, 13 seconds left. He had an assist on Troy Terry's overtime game winner last night. He's got 12 points in 10 games, and he is just one of the guys that Anaheim has taken near the top of the draft. Leo Carlson was the number two overall pick, and he's playing in the NHL and getting his feet wet. That is how teams pull themselves up from the bottom. It's part of the equation. It's harder to do it if you don't have the game breakers. I know I say that a lot, but I think that that is a, an important classification for a player. Cause all the players that play in the NHL are immensely talented. They have more talent in their, in their pinky fingernail than any of us can ever hope to have in our entire body. But among the group of players that have actually made it to the NHL, you have the top end guys and they are just incredibly blessed and gifted and they've worked at it. And they are, they possess in their, their NHLers have in their whole body. That's what a game breaker is. There are very few players in the world, in the history of the game that can do what Nikita Kucherov can do. He's a game breaker. I don't know that anybody has ever been able to do and his playmaking ability at top speed. He's a game breaker mason mctavish the ducks are hoping is also a game breaker and you get these guys at or near the top of the draft but not every player taken at the top of the draft evolves into that sort of player and that's where either it's it's scouting or luck or some combination thereof that can make the difference jack eichel is a game breaker but he was playing on a bad team in buffalo and are other elements that came into play and It just never came together for him and that team, but he goes to Vegas, and and he's a stud. He's a stud on a Stanley Cup championship team. I'm just using him as an example. So, I mean, it doesn't always happen. It doesn't always happen right away. It doesn't always happen. Pull yourself up. How did the Lightning do it? They drafted Stamkos. They drafted Hedman. They drafted Vasilevsky. They drafted Kucherov in the second round. If you can wrap your head around that now, Braden Point was in the third round. I mean, that's remarkable because usually players of that ilk don't drop past the first round. But that's how the Lightning were able to take those steps forward in addition to excellent coaching and and smart kind of roster management and and savvy acquisitions and all of that. But, I mean, I'm not sure that the Lightning reach the level of success that they have reached if they don't have their game breakers. No. Dave, that's that's a big part of why they're there. I mean, you need it's a your huge horses. Part of it. You need your horses. That's however you want to put it. Yeah. Horses, I'm calling stunts, them horses. Yeah, <laughs> game breakers, yeah, sure. big-time players. And and so, the comparison that I have made between Anaheim and San Jose, from what I have seen, and I saw some of these guys on Anaheim— Last year, the last couple of years, like Troy Terry is is in that category too. He's been in the league a little bit longer. He had a hat trick last night. The difference that I see between Anaheim and San Jose right now is San Jose doesn't have any of those guys to speak of. I
1: think we're having some connection issues there. Yeah, that hotspot is uh, not working. And their NHL team. Anaheim. Do you still have me, Greg? I got you. I got you. This right. is live radio. I love it.
0: Yeah, I know. Well, I'm doing my best. I mean, I'm talking. Not everyone's here hearing me. The the guy, the other guy, I was going to mention, yeah. Logan Cooley for Arizona, who scored his first NHL goal against Anaheim last night.
1: Right. Like this guy is a big time player. That's what you need. You do. The Lightning would have separated them in many ways with all of the other teams during this run. I I say this run because I I basically go back to the year they they made it to the Stanley Cup final against Chicago. And you kind of draw that out as much as you can. They've hit on a lot of picks. They've hit on some trades. I mean, let's be honest. That's also been huge. I mean, the trades they've made has, I mean, there hasn't been another organization that has made more impactful trades that has allowed them to win come crunch time than the Tampa Bay Lightning. And there are ample, Dave, examples of that, you know? And it's it's done them well. But they've got Hall of Famers at every position. They do. You can have game breakers for a couple of years. That player may fizzle out, but starts in net. Then look what you have on the back end. Then look what you have up front. Mm-hmm. You do need four or five. I mean, that that's... You know, look at some of those Penguins teams. Look at some of those Blackhawks teams, Dave. Look at some of those Kings teams to a lesser extent. And I use those because they won multiple cups. But if even if you want to go to every yes. championship team, I mean, you've got, you know, the Ovechkins and the Backstroms, and you know, Holpi maybe a, a borderline guy, but you've got um, some guys there who, for Washington's perspective, were big Crosby, Malkin, Latang. I mean, those are Hall of Famers. And then you look at the Lightning and you st- Stamkos, Hedman, Vassie, and those are just three I'm i I'm saying. You th- throw Kucherov in there. Braden Point still has a, a lot to go, but, I mean, he's off to a, a tremendous start. I mean, Kane, uh, the defense they had on the back end. Um, there's a lot of, you know, Taves, I think a lot of people will make it a pitch for him to be in there. But, I mean, there's just a lot of greatness sprinkled in with role players who were really good. And The The common denominator, Greg, for the
0: teams that you mentioned, let me leave out the Kings. I think the Kings did it. They were more of a slow burn, and they brought in some guys along the way. But for the Penguins, Blackhawks, and Lightning, three teams that in this generation have won multiple Cups, the common denominator started when they were bad to awful and they cashed in on their top picks. That was where it began for them. And so teams like Anaheim and Arizona are hoping the same thing is going to happen for them and Buffalo.
1: For sure. At Bolts Radio. If you want to get involved in that conversation, it can, but we kind of, discussed some of the younger players that we're seeing in the National Hockey League, but you know we always like to tie it to the Lightning. Uh, Jay also said, how about the Crunch's big win over a talented Rochester team last night? Jack Thompson continues to produce. Love seeing further growth mm-hmm. from him. Syracuse has gotten off to a good start. I did not realize that Rochester
0: had not lost a game in regulation until last night, and it wasn't just a loss. I mean, Syracuse laid the hammer down. 7-2, to two, I think, was the final. Impressive win.
1: Impressive it is. And you can never have enough reinforcements down at the HA level. And it is an in- interesting, Dave, too, when you take a look at the minor leagues, just the evolution of that for Tampa Bay, you know, over the years. And you don't need a guy to come up and play 65 games if somebody is, is down with an injury to be productive. Sometimes it just takes, can you have a guy come up and play five or ten can you have a guy come up and play for a couple of weeks? That's, that depth can be valuable, too. You have enough players down there who, you remember the Corey Connickers, mm-hmm. You know, guys like that that, look, he had some success at the NHL level. He was also somebody that, that probably was really good at the AHL level when he played there. You didn't feel bad if you had to bring a guy like that up who could be serviceable. And I do think the AHL is not only about developing players, your younger guys, but also having a few veterans in there, Dave. Where if you need somebody to get called up, they don't look out of place. Now maybe if you expose them and play them for an extended period of time, maybe that does happen. But that's that's the making of a good feeder system as as well. Yeah. You know, can you get some guys up here who can who can stop the bleeding, so to speak, if there are a rash. Of injuries by the way I mentioned backstrom did you did you hear that mm-hmm. stepping away he's, I mean, stepping he's away. Had injury yeah.
0: problems he didn't specify exactly what was bothering him and why he feels he needs to step away and heal but look that is a blow to Washington even if he was playing at not a hundred percent and so then taking him out of that lineup is a big well loss. for
1: sure and for a player like that who I think the stats were laying out basically was a point per player, point per game player, before last season. Um, I, I think when you get to a certain standard and your injuries don't allow you to perform at that type of level, I think it's very frustrating for a player who's considered elite. And would you make a case he's a Hall of Famer? If not borderline?
0: Borderline. I think he... I think he's going to end up owning a lot of Capitals records, not goal yeah. scoring, obviously.
1: But he got assists on a lot of those Ovechkin goals over the years. He can't talk about Ovechkin without talking about Backstrom to an extent. To an extent. To yeah. an extent.
0: And they, they weren't playing together lockstep this whole time. No. But they played together more than they didn't play together. That's yeah. for sure.
1: Um, I, I agree with you. I think his numbers are going to have him in the conversation. I think if you're a point-per-game player and you get over 1,000 points, I think you're, you're at the table comfortably with everybody mm-hmm. else. I think you can make that argument. You know, I think there are some exceptions. Obviously, if you take a look at the, uh, the top 100-point producers in the NHL, I think you'll see most of those guys, I think, are in the Hall of Fame. But, again, there are exceptions. But I, I think that's a case where he is just – he's not performing. And maybe the hip – he said the hip was fine. He was able to train in the offseason, but – Oh, so it was his hip. Okay. Well, I think what the article was alluding to was he had made comments before training camp or the season began that was basically like, I feel great. My hip's good. I was able to train. Um, he didn't come out and say, Dave, it was because of his hip. I, I don't – they, they – we don't know what it is. I'm just speculating that I'm wondering if when he started to play in game-like situations, if it just took a toll on him. Maybe mm-hmm. he felt fine, but, again, one of those injuries where now you're going full speed, it, it's still lagging behind. I don't know. Yeah. But this kind of I think backwards. you
0: put it – I think you put it best, Greg, when you've – played at a very, very high level, and all of a sudden you can't do some of the things that you're accustomed to doing, it can be very frustrating.
1: Agreed. At Bolts Radio, if you want to get involved in the conversation, you certainly can, but that news came down. uh, And we had mentioned him the other day, so I wanted to to bring that to our uh, attention. Uh, Tompkins, in net tonight, what do you expect on this road trip? Go ahead, partner.
0: No. I just gonna, again. Sorry folks. <laughs> we're doing the best we can, but my internet connection is
1: not We're, great doing, the we so we're is doing the best. So, we're doing the
0: best we can. Buddy. I was going to say Ottawa is in the news again. You see that news that
1: broke? I did. Let's You know what? Maybe let's dive into that Basil I know has a question With that Evgeny we will get didana. to. And so this stems that from trade. Yeah, yeah. What he had in his, his Yeah, contract, so Donna right? was
0: traded he was traded from Ottawa. Yeah, he was traded from Ottawa to Vegas. Subsequently, he was traded, attempted to be traded, from Vegas to Anaheim. With his original, it was the same contract, but the contract he signed with Ottawa included a no trade list. Anaheim was on that no trade list. When Ottawa traded him to Vegas, the no-trade list was not passed along to Vegas. I don't really know what the situation is, but the onus was on Ottawa. It's not like Vegas knew he had a no-trade clause and just forgot to ask for the teams or anything like that. It sounded like the trade was made, the original trade was made, without disclosure made that there was no-trade trade clause a partial no trade clause with a list of teams out of to his list of teams on that no trade list so the trade was nullified the league slapped ottawa with a penalty for that and they took away a first round pick i mean that's a stiff penalty New owner in Ottawa. He's not thrilled. And I tell you what, the GM resigned as a result. Did he resign or was he fired? (laughs) Well, you can read into that how you want to read into it.
1: (laughs) Are you surprised by that? By the fine, I guess. Forfeits a a first-round pick. My gosh.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Well... They clearly found there was funny business on the part of Ottawa, and they do not want that happening moving forward. So they're sending a message to Ottawa. They're sending a message to the league, GMs in the league. You make a trade, you need to to be
1: upfront and honest about it. Dorian's had which kind what of a would expect. He's had kind of a hit or miss tenure, hasn't he, in Ottawa.
0: Well, they've accumulated some really good players while he was GM. But,
1: I mean, like, I'm reading here. Basically, he joined them back in 2007 as a scout and then succeeded Brian Murray in 2016 when Murray announced he was, you know, stepping down. And it says they qualified for the playoffs Mm -hmm. once during his tenure as GM in 2016. I remember that very well. Um I don't know that that to me, when you're giving up draft picks like that, that's a <laughs> I, I've never seen anything like that. You know, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what to make of it outside of for Ottawa. The Devils lost a
0: draft pick. I've picked Greg a few years ago when they had a cap problem yeah. and they got slapped with that. But this was a little
1: different. Interesting. At Bolts Radio, so that's some of that news that, uh, that trickles in That's you kind of shake your head a little bit and say, wow, I didn't, uh, I didn't realize that was happening. Basil says Eddie Olchek is a uh, Kraken announcer. He often tells young people to take note when a player drives to the net and then stops rather than fly by. Yes, he does. He is very big on that. Did he say anything about Kuch's near goal in overtime? If Cooch stops rather than fly by, maybe he recovers scores. I wouldn't know. He didn't do the game. It was J.T. Brown, right?
0: Yeah, Eddie yeah. doesn't do all the games, and that was a game he missed.
1: But I'm. Um, I, I think it's safe to say if he was doing that game, right, <laughs> probably he probably be, would have said it. Yeah, probably, he probably is big on that. You
0: know, there you was a goals. defender there for Seattle. I mean, I have to watch the
1: replay again and see if the defender stopped. yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure on that. I'd have to go back and look at the replay basil, but I, i'm I'm pretty sure that's probably a good point by you in terms of what Edzo would say, and you know it would it would go from there. This comes from uh, let's see Dale, he said, why would Flurry go on a conditioning stint?
0: Well, if it is to free up a roster spot, temporary roster spot then you can add mod as we said at the top of the show i'm not entirely certain if that's the case if it's not the case then you're getting flurry games when you're looking at the schedule and you're probably saying for now it looks like he's going to be sitting for a while which he did between his two games played he sat for a while
1: i hope that answers your question
0: dale but usually the conditioning assignment happens when a player is coming back from injury this is why I'm a little unclear about the rule. So the player is already on the injured reserve list. And so he's not, he's not on the roster. <laughs> he's off the roster. He's on the injured list, maybe long-term injury. And he's getting the conditioning assignment before you add him back to the roster. Fleury's on the roster. Maybe somebody can text Eric and get clarification on what he tweeted. Because otherwise, the Lightning will have to make a corresponding move when Mott is activated.
1: True. At Bolts Radio, if you want to go in a different direction with any questions, you certainly can. This one comes from Jay. says, when do you think we'll see Watson in a game? It's been a while since he's played. Mm Mm-hmm. I... You know, is that, is that a matchup thing? I don't know. Well, I mean, with Mott returning,
0: that means he gets bumped down one extra player. Right. Unless they remove a forward. Unless the roster spot is created by removing a forward. If it's not created by removing a forward, you figure Watson becomes forward number 14. Yeah. He's going to have to be patient, keep working hard, and wait for his opportunity.
1: I mean, I think a guy like that can you be a little bit more patient when you're playing for a team like Tampa Bay than you could you know playing for a team like Anaheim? It's not as accomplished, even though Anaheim's done pretty well. I mean Watson wants to play, and i I understand that, but he also said he had a ton of options, didn't he in terms of interest in teams who were interested in his services. He chose mm-hmm. the Tampa Bay Lightning, so I mean, I think you have to understand going into that situation there was a good chance that you might get buried on the depth chart, so to speak. And a guy like Watson, I mean, I, I don't know how much benefit it is going down the minor leagues either, assuming he clears waivers. You know, I think, I think he's the type of guy, if he plays a handful of games, when I say handful, I mean, Dave, that could be 20 or 30 at the NHL level for the whole season. I think that might be where he is in his career right now. And if he, he, if he is in a situation where he's got to go down to the minor leagues and play, then, you know, a guy like that, for me, the way I would look at it would be, okay, it's either NHL or he's playing overseas somewhere. I don't know how mm-hmm. much he would want to live the AHL life a yeah. little bit. That's just, Probably not. Yeah. But you never know. Kind of, I mean, his game, too. Like, he's, he's an enforcer. And, uh, I get he wants to play, but do you want to play making really good money and then maybe coming back to the States to see if somebody wants to – take your services in i mean that's the other thing too these guys like when you go to europe you may work on your offensive game if you're more of a defensive minded player who's had some nhl experience like watson could be i don't know like a first or second line player over in europe i don't know what he would be down at the hl would he be pigeonholed as kind of the same player that he would be at the NHL level where you're basically a third or fourth liner and you're expected to drop the gloves and, and kind of do that. I, I don't know, but you know, sometimes, sometimes guys who kind of get stagnant with their development, I think it's a situation where, you know, it, it could be a, a nice break in the routine going over to Europe and playing and, and maybe doing some things a little differently mm-hmm. to kind of keep those, those skill sets you know, sharp. So who knows? Um, I think I think Watson stays. I don't know how many forwards they're going to keep. We kind of dedicated a lot of that conversation yesterday with maybe partner players who won't um, be moved. And I think one of them was Barry Boulay, right? Yeah, I, mean, I don't this, see Barry Boulay getting sent down. That's just the way it, it kind of is. Um, and that's a positive development. I think you bring in guys like Watson for a reason, but I think if you have some other guys, you know, you should uh, who you can develop, you're going to play them more because there's more of a, a development process to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I have to say about that at Bolts Radio. If you want to get involved in the conversation, you can. Uh, this one comes from Steve, not our Steve, but another Steve said, what do you think has been the difference from Tanner Janot's play this year compared to last?
0: We touched on this yesterday. He does not have hesitancy to his game. So whether he's scoring in a game or not, he is noticeable. And he's noticeable because he's getting to where he needs to get and arriving in ill humor and delivering thunderous body checks. That's his game. And he's been able to play his game. I think in part because he is way more comfortable with the way the lightning want to play. Now, having said that, you know, the lightning are making this adjustment to their D zone and they are not the only team. Columbus is also making an adjustment to its D zone. I was not in the room when Pascal Vincent addressed the media, but Dave Randorf and Brian Engblom were, and they had a conversation with him afterward. And he said, yeah, we're making the adjustment to, to playing the way Vegas played. And it's a copycat league, Greg. People see Vegas having great success defensively with pick your goalie. I mean, I'm not discounting the work that their goaltenders did, but how many goalies did they use last year? And their defense didn't really get adversely affected by defense. I'm talking about their goals against didn't become adversely affected by any of them. Vegas plays a system that suits their team very, very well and – sounds like a lot of teams are either incorporating part of it, all of it, however you want to frame it. Columbus has won. The Lightning made an adjustment as well. But that has not affected Janot in the context of what the fan was asking. He is getting to where he needs to get, and he's not thinking about where he needs to get. I think that's the biggest difference from last
1: year For to sure. this year. And I, I think, like anything, I think when you have success— in anything, Dave. It it you walk a little a little faster, you're you're standing mm-hmm. a little taller. I mean, I you see the puck go in, you make a play and you feel like you actually contributed to the team without, you know, just beating somebody up in a fight. I think it confirms to you that yeah, I can play this game. I'm just not out there to beat up people. And I'm not saying that was going through Janoe's mind, but I I would know like contributing everybody Dave wants to contribute offensively, and when you're a forward, That's part of the job, whether you're a fourth-line player or whether you're a first-line player. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's varying degrees. We all get it. But for Janot, who's had some success at the NHL level, scoring goals, to see what he put up last year and then to see what he did in preseason and the beginning of this year, as I've said before, it feels like it's night and day. And that's a good thing. That is a very, very good thing. And a tremendous boon, I think, for the Tampa Bay Lightning. This one comes from Bill. He said, guys, Columbus isn't very good. Who does Tampa Bay have to be aware of tonight?
0: Well, Well, I don't like that comment. Columbus isn't very good. I mean, any team can beat any team in the NHL. And if the Lightning go in with an attitude of Columbus isn't very good, they're of losing lose. this game they'll lose. go up a lot. Yeah, they'll lose. Yeah. But look, Wrensky is a big time player. Johnny Gaudreau. I like Marchenko. He scored against the Lightning last year. I'm curious to see Fantilli. We talked about him on yesterday's show.
1: The thing about Gaudreau, I mean, it's am I reading that right? No goals <laughs> through nine games. Yeah. He did lead their team in scoring
0: last year, yeah. and he had over 20 goals. He had a lot of assists last year. I mean, Boone Jenner. they struggled to score
1: last year. Yeah, Boone Jenner is leading them. And I like Boone Jenner. But Mm -hmm. I feel like Boone Jenner's best days is like a a really rugged power forward, maybe over. But then again, he had 26 goals last year. So what do I know? Yeah,
0: he had a hat trick earlier this year. So I think he has four goals. So three came in one game. Gotcha. But they count. I mean, (laughs) I'm not saying
1: he didn't score four goals. He did. I think they're waiting for what Rozlevic to, to kind of fulfill maybe some of that potential that Winnipeg saw in him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's never really been a huge point getter, but I think young enough where there's still hope that maybe he could be that guy, Dave. Columbus, Yeah, Ohio he was guy.
0: part of the the line. He a- was part of the line of a- a- trade. That wow. is great. Yeah, a trade. And he's a homegrown guy, he grew up yep. here, as did Sean Corrali, who's on their team. You know what their most impressive game this year was, in my mind? I mean, they had, a, they had a good win against the Rangers at home. So look, the Rangers, I believe the Rangers have lost one road game all year. It was here. So I don't know if the Rangers felt that going into that game, we should have two points in the bank. And yeah. they didn't treat the game as seriously as they needed to. It was at the start of the year, too. So maybe their game has evolved. That was an impressive win for Columbus, but I'll tell you maybe their most impressive win, they went to Minnesota. They won 5-4 in overtime. Shots in that game were 54-28 to 28 Columbus. Mm. Now, look, shots on goal, they don't tell you everything. Some teams just generate a lot of shots based on how they play, but it's not like Columbus has had a lot of shots, certainly not as many as 54 in any of their other games. That was an outlier game. And they almost doubled the wild shot total in Minnesota, 54-28. That, to me, is probably their most impressive win so far this year.
1: Any team can beat any team, Dave. It's the cliche, but it's true. And we say them because they have legitimacy. There's no Mm -hmm. question. Al says, I believe if a player isn't playing Mm -hmm. enough, he can be sent down for conditioning for 14 days. Also, maybe a prelude to being put on waivers.
0: Maybe. Well, right. So, yes, he can be sent down. I mean, I don't need Eric. I can, I'd can. i love to have Eric, but <laughs> I can probably look it up myself next time you talk so I can put down the microphone and type. The question was, a player on conditioning, if he is already on your NHL, roster does he stay in your NHL roster and, and players down for like conditioning if again. they haven't played in a while kind of follows as such now Al's point is, is...
1: looks like we're going to have to have Dave reconnect here Dave, we're going to have you reconnect. We're going to do it live. And that's what happens when you do it live. Uh, Al, I, I appreciate that at Bolts Radio. Uh, I think we all agree. Flurry, Watson, you know, when you're those players and you are kind of the, the spare part, there's always these chances where there's going to be some, some dangling a little bit when it comes to the roster because that's just kind of life when – you're the thirteenth or fourteenth forward, or you're the seventh or eighth defenseman. It's just how it is, and also being up against the cap, we all understand. Sometimes these all have uh, factors in whether or not a player stays. But Fleury, I think, has found himself, you know, just kind of putting a bow on this conversation. I mean, Fleury is is kind of, I think, where he's in his career, Dave. He's he's an NHLer, and I don't know if he's a regular NHLer. So. Um, it, it makes a lot of sense compared to where he is right now being with the Tampa Bay lightning, but also being kind of sometimes put in these positions where if there is a, a roster spot, you know, his position uh, would be, and he specifically would be somebody that, you know, is probably looking over his shoulder, looking at that, uh, the waiver wires or transactions just to kind of see if, if anything is happening with him. And, you know, it's, that's, mm-hmm. that's the hard part about being a professional at that level. You, you just never know sometimes. I think you're happy that you're, you're playing at, at this level. For him, you know, he's every time he plays, he's, he's probably thinking to himself, look, uh, don't make any mistakes. Play within yourself. But you're also looking to stand out a little bit too. And I think um, to this point, he's allowed himself to be on this team uh, what type of role he'll have moving forward? I, th- I think that's that's still being written, and um, certainly a good depth piece for sure. I think when you take a look at the at the Lightning and what they have uh, with Flurry, so uh, if you want to react to that, you can at Bolts Radio. It will be interesting to see tonight how the game plays out. Partner, I uh, appreciate you. I will be talking to you in a little bit tonight as we get set for that game at 7 o'clock. Dave Michigan there. You can't hear. But. Hopefully the internet connection better at the arena. <laughs> you never, <laughs> never know. Thanks to Steve Versnick. Thanks to Austin Wright. Thanks to you for listening. We always appreciate you guys. And uh, listen to the game tonight starting at 630. And then, of course, we will have you covered breaking down the game and looking ahead to the next one on Lightning Radio.